Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. It's my privilege today to talk with my friend, Pastor Doug Barter. I'm very thankful to have you on the show once more. We talked a few uh, weeks ago, months ago now, uh, about what the Lord is doing through you, in particular Baptist Heritage Books. But uh, for our listeners that didn't catch that conversation, and for uh, the beginning of this conversation, can you reintroduce yourself to our audience for this discussion? Yeah, well, good to be here, and good to see you again, my friend and brother. Uh, Definitely enjoying the Cove Conference so far. Um, You know, you come to a conference like this, and I'll get to my introduction, but you're just really blessed by the good preaching, especially the theology that undergirds the preaching. And, you know, for guys like us, we sit under such preaching, knowing the history and the theological heritage that is going into those sermons. And it just blesses your soul to know that, you know, we're part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you asked me to introduce myself. Uh, My name is uh, Doug Barger, and I am uh, with Christ Reformed Baptist Church. We are Confessional Reformed Baptist Church in Newcastle, Indiana. And um, it's been in the works for about 10 years, uh, but last year we began to produce books uh, that is going to be republishing the historic Calvinistic Baptist works of the past. And uh, I I brought some samples with me here. We're trying to do those in a way that will last for centuries to come. Um, I don't know, Austin, if you had a chance to see this, but this is an original copy, uh, pretty neat. It's part of our vision for our book tables. It's by Hanser Knowles. It was published in uh, 1681, and it's really focusing on the second return of Jesus Christ. Uh, I know in modern literature, there's been a a book, a particular book that's come out recently by a popular author about the second coming of Christ. But Hanser Knowles, who was a signer of the the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, the 1677-89, he actually wrote this, and it's not even in print anymore. And so, you know, part of our vision, part of our ongoing uh, efforts is to put works like these back into print, yeah. um, and but also too just to reacquaint uh, Calvinistic Baptist churches with their history. And so we bring books like this so they can touch and they can feel it and they can see it, you know, um, because a lot of people, while they they may know or have heard of the 1689 Baptist Confession, they still, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, don't know the details of how we began as particular our Reformed Baptist and works like these. So mm. whenever we come to conferences like this, we do more than sell books. We like to put these on display and let people, you yeah. know, interact with it. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't say much about me, but it's that's the first Hansard Knowles book I've ever held in my hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got something. a Benjamin Keach one out there, too, so you can, yeah. you can do that one. Too. That's exciting. Well, uh, I am very thrilled with uh, the work you guys are doing. And can you just give our uh, audience an update about uh, particular Baptist Heritage books? What's been going on with you guys? Uh, Well, we've been busy going to a lot of conferences this year. Uh, You know, we are a a, a new publisher, so we're really trying to just let people know we exist. So we've been enjoying being out uh, different venues and different conferences, meeting people, uh, talking with people. Um, And in the meantime, uh, since I was last on your guys' podcast, we have published a couple books that we've been promising, but now they've seen the light of day. So probably the best way to just give you an update is to talk about these releases. Um, What I have here, you can hold that one. Uh, I got this first two volumes of what is going to be a nine volume set of the works of John Gill. Hmm. 
you know, when we look at the particular Baptist tradition, especially in the area of, of scholasticism, uh, there's men within the Reformed community that acknowledge Gill was among that stream of um, dissenters uh, from that, that scholastic era. And um, it's unfortunate, and some, some, somehow it's shocking to me, too, that John Gill's works have not remained in print. Mm -hmm. um, I have my theories about that. Uh, I offer that in the introduction here. Uh, Timothy George, uh, he offers uh, a theory on why they haven't been remained in print. But what we have uh, in this is the first two volumes of nine volumes. And this is John Gill's treatise, which is, uh, you know, a well-respected amongst the English Reformed uh, community, uh, one of the most robust treatments of the doctrines of grace uh, are the five points of Calvinism. It's never been refuted. It's never been overturned or acknowledged. And uh, so it's now it's back, it's back in print and just a, a really nice formatted edition. Um, there's two volumes to it. That's the four parts of that uh, original treatise that, uh, that he wrote. And then uh, the next one we're going to do, volume three, that's in the works right now, is his um, commentary on the Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. When uh, you read Gill on the Song of Solomon, it's, it's like a devotional book, his commentary on that. Um, and that was his most popular book. He was well known for his, com his commentaries of the whole Bible, of course, but the Song of Solomon, um, he's most well remembered for uh, mm -hmm. in his contribution there. Gill makes in these two volumes, I would encourage your readers that they got to have these in the library because yes. Yes. his contributions with interacting with the early patristic fathers, the early church fathers, um, even in the reformed tradition that he found himself in as an English nonconformist, uh, his knowledge of those and his use of those um, just makes these volumes, you know, what they're worth. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anyone, you know, is beginning to want to go deeper in demonstrating from Scripture the validity of the doctrines of grace, these two volumes are immensely, immensely helpful. Um, we're thankful, really, too. You know, there's been a lot of interest uh, of late. I think you've had probably people on your show that are beginning to look at Gill again. Mm -hmm. um, in my introduction here, I think Richard Moeller, he offers a lot of insight uh, to how to assess Gill. Carl Truman offers some helpful insight. And so we're just really excited that guys are looking again at this I think he's one of the most uh, eminent and important men yeah. in particular Baptist uh, tradition. And so it's real exciting. He's getting attention that uh, he so richly deserves. So another one uh, that we just uh, released not that long ago is the first work of uh, Abraham Booth. And this is going to be six volumes in total. Uh, the last three volumes is going to be his Pado-Baptism Examined. Uh, to our knowledge, those have not been in print. Uh, you know, over a hundred years now. Wow. And that just as Gill's defense of the five points of Calvinism, Pado-Baptism Exandum by Abraham Booth, uh, to my knowledge, has not been refuted or overturned either. Mm. Uh, it's never been, you know, disproven. This first volume that we have here from uh, volume one is uh, The Reign of Grace and the Death of Legal Hope. A lot of people are familiar with Reign of Grace, yeah. um, and we were aware of the fact that many people probably would already have that. Uh, but it is important to put that at the front and foremost, I, at least we thought, with reproducing a set of works on Abraham Booth, just because the Reign of Grace, it was what he was most well known for. Mm. Uh, this is Booth's coming away from 
the ideas of uh, general Baptist beliefs and coming to Calvinistic particular Baptist beliefs. And he's writing this to just kind of verify, this is how I understand redemptive history. And it's a beautiful uh, uh, treatment of just the scheme, uh, the design of amazing grace from the very beginning to the end, brought all the way to the end of glory by a believer. We're really excited though also in this volume with uh, his work, The Death of Legal Hope, uh, with a, a subtitle, uh, The Death of Legal Hope with the Life of Evangelical Obedience. Hmm. And so, you know, in this, he's giving that proper categorization of what is the role of the law in the life of a believer. And here Booth is demonstrating um, really his closeness to the early prior centuries of confessional particular Baptists. Uh, he maintains that proper distinction of what is the role of the law in the believer's life. It's absolutely not has anything to do with their justification, um, but there's an evangelical obedience as the Second London Confession speaks of where uh, as the psalmist, uh, you know, David, inspired by the Spirit, says, uh, My heart, or I love thy law, Lord. Mm. He has that evangelical obedience. He, his heart has been changed. Booth was, uh, for people that aren't aware with him, I mean, he was such a central figure in particular Baptist history, especially when, you know, there were times and controversies where men were wanting to take some doctrines farther than what their authors had uh, intended them to, to go. And Booth was that guy who was really kind of keeping everyone anchored to balance, theological, doctrinal balance. And so he is, a, he is just a, a really good figure in particular Baptist history to study, to read his works. And we're really excited, uh, you know, for these six volumes to come back into print of his works. The last one, uh, boy, I cannot say enough about this one. This is uh, Benjamin Bedham. Um, Bedham Sermons, Volume 1 is what we're, we're titling that. That's going to be three volumes. Mm. Uh, we're super excited about this because Benjamin Bedham, um, he just hasn't had the recognition uh, amongst you know Baptist churches that he really deserves. Yes. I, I like to uh, say that Bedham, he's a, he's a century prior to Charles Spurgeon, uh, give or take, you know, some years. But Benjamin Bedham really, his sermons, the prose of them, the smoothness of his sermons, they remind me of Charles Spurgeon. They don't have quite the illustrations that Spurgeon had, but it's more outlined. It's more structured, his sermons. Yeah. And they're tremendously helpful. I really hope and pray that this will be used to um, really equip Baptist pastors today to kind of see how he's outlining his sermons and how he approaches the text. And just as some of the preaching we've heard today, we've heard great preaching you hear coming through the lines and through the pages from Benjamin Bedham, just solid, reformed, experiential theology. Okay. Uh, you just get quotes, you know, of him uh, pointing the sinner to Christ and finding, you know, their rest in Christ. It's just, it's just really, really beautiful uh, sermons. This is the first volume. Um, we reproduced, uh, this one has, I think it was 67 or 68. Yeah, 67. These are 67 sermons. There's going to be, uh, the next two volumes going to have another 158 sermons uh, contained in them. And uh, even the history uh, of Bedham, we have a new updated uh, introduction here by uh, Brother David Luke from Irish uh, Baptist Bible College. And he just goes in, you know, Bedham's connection uh, with, with the Keach family, yeah. Benjamin Keach. Uh, just interesting connections when you get in that history. But just another example of good experiential uh, preaching 
with solid theology. Uh, just an imminent example. So it, it, these are the kind of things that just as updates, we're excited about what we're doing. Um, the, the future volumes are coming out uh, on that. Now the future volumes, what's interesting, if people are following us on Twitter, they can see uh, some of the guys from our church actually taking um, the rest of Benham sermons and doing what Google Books does and takes the pictures of them. And, you know, it's a lot more methodical approach, a lot more labor intensive approach with that. And so uh, keep those guys in prayer back at the you know office yeah. and and the bindery who are putting that labor in to do that and uh you know that's really the update uh we are working on uh right now i'm kind of going through um the work uh, away to zion by david king uh this was an uh, this was a book that was very instrumental early on by the particular baptist of uh, demonstrating that you know they were coming and being consistent with the principle of scripture alone mm. as to why they were practicing baptism believers baptism uh very important work in in that time uh it was endorsed by hanser knowles william kiffin uh, Thomas Payton, some other guys that were early on and influential in particular Baptist uh, life. Uh, we're getting to produce that. Um, we have uh, Samuel Stinton. He was a particular Baptist. Um, to, he has a set of works. Uh, we're, getting to, we're getting to do that. We have um, the works of John Dagg. Uh, we're going to do that. We're the introductions being finished on that. And then we're really excited. I'm not going to say too much. Uh, because we were going to wait of the partnership to announce until volume one was really all done. It's about one month away, but we have the works of Benjamin Keach, uh, which is going to be brought about through a partnership with a ministry who's doing a lot of the pre-press work. Mm. And then particular Baptist Heritage book is just going to be doing the actual publishing. Mm. And the uh, pre-press work, the copy editing, the transcription, the line editing, all the formatting, that is the bulk of bookmaking. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of reasons too, that's why a lot of particular Baptist works really have not been in print because it's so laborious retrieving the material. Uh, but once you get it retrieved, there's the work of restoring it, uh, but actually making the books the easy part. Yeah. And so I think that um, the infrastructure just hasn't been there. And so as we have over the last 10 years been working on getting that infrastructure established, now just in the, in the past year, we've made some pretty significant publications yes. that we hope will go forward. Mm -hmm. So the works of Benjamin Keach, look for that. Uh, we're real excited about that. Um, and that, there'll be more announced about that in the future who we're partnering with on that. Great, great. Thank you for uh, taking some time to show us these books. I'm very happy to uh, have copies of them. Um, I, if I must confess, I was the most excited about John Gill, mm -hmm. but uh, a, as I've acquired them, I've used Benjamin Bedham the most and have appreciated his sermons so much. So I encourage our listeners to get all these books. Um, you may know of Benjamin Bedham because of his uh, scriptural exposition of the Baptist Catechism. Or yes. uh, last yeah. year we sang uh, one of his most well-known hymns, that uh, some of our churches still often sing, shout for the blessed Jesus reigns. Yeah. And um, many people know Bedham as a pastor, but now we have his sermons in publication. This is such a blessing to us. So um, to bring this conversation kind of to a close now, um, we want to know how our audience can support you so that way you can um, more readily or more easily get excellent quality books like this into um, people's hands. I know that you have a desire to recover our Calvinistic Baptist tradition. So um, 
what are some ways that we can either support um, your ministry or what needs do you have, uh, even if that's financial needs, what needs do you have that you can tell our audience about? Yeah, um, the most, uh, you know, simple thing to do, but yet one of the most important things is just pray for us. You know, add us to your church's prayer list. Uh, lest we be deceived, I mean, we think reclaiming these biblical truths and putting them back in the hands of, you know, our churches and even seminary students today are very important. Mm -hmm. It's going to strengthen the doctrinal fidelity going forward as Baptists. Mm -hmm. So add us to your prayer list um, that, that the Lord would bless us, He would help us, He would open up doors, so forth and so on. Um, things do cost money, yeah. um, and um, we, 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 we are in need of a full-time salary for our copy editor. Uh, there is a young man, he's a member of our church. Uh, he works with me as an intern and, and, and does a lot of the grunt work, I call it. Um, and uh, we're really needing a full-time salary for him to be the guy that's at the computer, that's really doing all the transcription work, the word-for-word -word verification that the republication is faithful to the original. Um, and really to meet that goal, what we need is we need 50 churches uh, that could give $40 a month, or we can get 40 individuals given $50 a month. And that would give us a monthly salary that's a reasonable salary for this young man. And we could move forward and producing these books. Because like we were just saying a moment ago, uh, the pre-press work, all of that grunt work that goes into making a book, and anybody who's ever authored a book knows what I mean. It's like it takes a year out of their life when they author a book. Yeah, yeah. It's so much work. Um, if, if we could just get someone that's you know full-time committed to that one task, actually getting the book produced and made is relatively simple. It's, mm. it's work in and of itself, uh, but, it's, but it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot simpler. You know, another way to, to support it is that, you know, follow us on social media, share you know, our posts and our news that gets the word out there, lets people know about us. Um, also, you can uh, go to our website, of course, and, and follow us there. Order books, uh, you know, Christmas time, uh, these other, you know, holidays and things like that. Uh, buy the books, give them as gifts. They are attractive, you know, yes. uh, quality books. Uh, anybody would appreciate to not only have what's in it, but also have them on their shelves. So those are just some simple ways. Thanks for asking uh, about and, that. And where can our uh, listeners go if they were uh, moved to support you? Where can they go to, to do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really easy. You go to our website, particularbaptistbooks.com, particularbaptistbooks.com, and just simply click on the support uh, button there, and you can sign up to give monthly, or you can do a one-time donation. And we've even got a thing where uh, uh, people can uh, actually sponsor a book, and on the Verso page or the Index page, we can put, you know, this is published in honor of, or what have you. Uh, and we actually had that done. Someone was kind enough to pay for the publication of the principles and practice of the regular Baptist, mm. uh, which was 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 a really good book, uh, just capturing the 19th century, uh, you know, 1883 um, position of a lot of the pioneer Baptists at that time, which was very close to the Second London Confession. So those are some ways that people can do it. Well, I. I'm so thankful for the work that all of you are doing and glad that you're at this conference and have been at many conferences recently, very busy at work uh, and uh, glad I've get to be with you recently. But thank you for taking some time to chat with our audience. And uh, we do uh, encourage you to go to their website and consider giving to this great work that they're doing and uh, support them, uh, not only financially, but like he said, on their social media accounts and 
buy these excellent books. You want them on your shelf. So our, uh, I'm very excited about them. So I want my uh, listeners to be at least aware of how uh, excellent these books are. Uh, thank you for listening to our conversation. We want to wish you grace and peace. God bless.